Epic Gumdrop, sweeter than leveling up. Hello, Jeff. Hey, James. So, I want to play an RPG. Do you? I do. I We've been playing so many games in our family, and my kids are getting a little older now. Mm-hmm. So I thought, you know, it's time to play a role-playing game. And my wife doesn't mind playing them as well. So I thought we'd get back into that, as I have not played a role-playing game since, I'm going to say, 93? That's a while ago. That was a while ago. Like, I... Yeah, I, it was a getting back into this whole thing. It was a, a long process of trying to sort out what do I want to do? Mm-hmm. Because my experience is, you know, I played D&D maybe like 86, 87. That's yeah. the first time I got into it and didn't get that far into it because I was like, no, I'd rather just go burn some stuff. <laughs> and I, the kid that got us into it, I, I grew up in a small town. I don't even know where he got D&D stuff. Right. And there was a game store someplace he went physically to in another city got this stuff and brought it back and tried to get us into it. And we were all like, "Eh, I don't know, man. And then got into it again in, yeah, like 92, 93, did a bit of it and enjoyed it though, Mm -hmm. but it never really stuck. Right. And we went back to playing, you know, board games. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's tough to find a group that wants to role play, role play, but you know, you've built a family and you've convinced them to play with you. And I think that's the best way to get a role-playing group. There we go. Yeah. Because <laughs> so like, when are we going to get together? <laughs> oh, we live in the same house 24-7. Okay. So for all the GMs out there who yes. just haven't been able to get a group together, yeah. just, just find a, you know find that special someone and have some kids. Exactly. And wait about you know, five to ten years. Yeah, depending on the kid. You're going to have your gaming group. Yeah. It's easy. This is a flawless plan <laughs> that could not go wrong. So what was your introduction? I know you've played more yeah, than I have well, for sure. I, I started, um, I'm going to say I was about 11, it hmm. sounds right, 11 to 13 in that range. And my brother came home one night uh, from his friends and he just played uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles role playing game, hmm. which was put out by Palladium. Right. Uh, and he loved it so much. He was trying to explain the game to me. At like the kitchen table the yeah. next day, he's got that glossed over look of "Oh my god, I just had the most amazing." He loved experience. it, and he's explaining to me, and he had so much passion, and he liked, it, and I liked the idea of it. Huh. So at that point, um, he went out and uh, a little bit later got the team TNM um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Apparently, I can't <laughs> say letters TMNT. There you go, uh, book, and we created characters, and, and and if you've played Palladium before. That is a tedious process. Huh. And in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in general, it's more uh, tedious because you're dealing with what kind of animal are you? What What is your mutation and all this? But it was awesome. And then we, we uh, played Adventure, just me and him, where he was the, the GM and led me through it. And, and we had a great time. Huh. Uh, and then from there, him and his friends got into Rifts, huh. uh, which was uh, a lot of fun as a world. Um but again, tedious yeah. <laughs> to play. Uh, and then from there, I ended up picking up uh, Ninjas and Super Spies and Heroes Unlimited, which were two more Palladium books, because hmm. uh, they do a good job advertising their other books in their, in their books. books. Yeah. Um, and those were fun. I mean, Ninjas and Super Spies in, in particular had a really good system for building organizations, hmm. like rules with points for how you could build balanced, like different martial arts organizations or a Super Spy organization, uh, which I just spend hours just building different organizations that never got used in any campaign ever but you had a lot of fun getting but i had into a lot it. of fun yeah and then with riffs like 
I've, I don't even want to say how many books I owned between my brother and I, how many books we owned. Yeah. It was ridiculous. We, we owned more books than we spent hours playing. Right. <laughs> I would you, say you spent a lot of time reading, a lot of time looking at the books. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. So, um, that but, was my experience. So sort not of a in fantasy out. system system, like the traditional. Uh, no, I never have been a huge fan of fantasy in general. I think I'm coming to appreciate it more as I've gotten older. Yeah. But as a kid, I was not a swords and sandals kind of guy. Right. Um, so I just avoided them. Huh. Yeah. So that's my, that was my experience with role playing. So when did you, in s- when did you stop and why? Um, I think in the, uh, late nineties, it just, it was stopped because we just couldn't get a group together. Yeah. You know, you'd start a campaign and we would do like a few hours of it and then it would be three, four or five weeks before you get back together and people care less or somebody doesn't show up and it just fell apart from that point. That must be a common yeah, I think so. The, this, the group fell apart. Like our, our Pathfinder Adventure Card Game group. We will get that back on track. Back. We will get that back yeah. on track. <laughs> it's hard, though. It's just Once, when you're coordinating more than two people. And anything yeah. that has a um, a continuity to it, mm-hmm. as opposed to just being one-offs, it's difficult to keep that thing going. Yeah, especially with adults that have momentum. jobs and children. Yeah. It gets even harder. And wives and responsibility. Yeah. You know, when you're a teenager... It's like, oh, yeah, I can come over Friday afternoon because... Let's spend the next four evenings for eight hours at a shot. Yeah, why don't I come over Friday afternoon and then I'll (laughs) I'll leave leave Monday morning? Yeah. Yeah. I'll just sleep on your couch. Exactly. That's what Mountain Dew was made for. It's true, though. I kind of miss that. Yeah. But, well, now, yeah, no, we will definitely not have that. No. But So in going through this process, though, I was... It, yeah, it was so daunting because there's so much that's happened to the world of RPGs since I got out of it. Even even at, mm. in the 80s, there was stuff but, going and even on. I didn't even it, know yeah, about it. You weren't familiar with anything other than what you were playing. No, which was just D and D. Yeah, same with me. Like it was it was Whatever Palladium. Was. I'd heard of D and D, and my brother played it some, but it was yeah. a weird fantasy system that they made movies about satanic cults resulting from. Exactly. You know, so I stayed away. That was the, and that was one of the things, seeing the uh, the Mazes and Monsters movie when I was a kid. Yes. I thought, oh, hey, this looks like fun. <laughs> that actually made it more appealing, not less. <laughs> it's viral marketing it's in early terrible, form. terrible, terrible movie. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. I, going through the process of trying to decide on what I should inflict well, on my family. It seems pretty easy, right? You go, you just take oh, a look yeah. at what's out there and you pick one. So when you yeah. looked at what's out no, there, what did you find? No, but that's not what I do. It's oh, not no. what I do. No, it's, no, that's too easy. I could have just went to you know the bookstore. <laughs> yes. And just went, oh, there's two choices. And cho- <laughs> I went, no, I need to understand this because mm-hmm. I know there's more. And I'm the same fantasy theme. I was like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I would like to try out something else. So... Of course, went to uh, Board Game Geek, and that led me to RPG Geek, yep. which I didn't even know existed. Yep, they got I, all I was, the geeks. I was like, ah, okay. Just if you kind of click on the the menu, it drops down and says there's 171 systems. That's systems. Systems. Yeah, that's not games. That's So after I you know, regained consciousness, I, I also saw there was 72 genres, Yep. 228 families, 2,453 series for a total of 5,152 RPGs. And so I, you just had to pick one of the 5,152 well, RPGs in your set, right? I need to. I should go right now and update because there's probably 190 families and about yes. 7,000. Yeah. I So I looked at that and went, okay, well, I'm clearly not going to research 171 <laughs> systems. <laughs> what? <laughs> just even systems. So, and then also, you know, the vocabulary of it. Like I'm kind of so far out of it. It was a relearning process of going, okay, right. All right. So if I look at the system and I think about, these things what is charisma what is skill check mm-hmm. 
what is OGL they're referring to? And, oh, yeah, D systems. Okay, like, trying to remember any of that was mm-hmm. foreign. So I was like, okay, you know, sat down and thought about that a little bit. And then, you know, it's just, it's so foreboding. Even if you kind of go, okay, I've got a, a genre or something I want to get into. Um, it's not an inviting world. No. No. It's just like... Here's the universe. Come in. And you're like, okay, I guess. Can you point me to the start button? Oh. So, like, because these systems, once you're in, they undergo constant mm-hmm. evolution. There's kind of like a, an RPG as a second language barrier. Right. It becomes its own hermetic world. Mm-hmm. And so, as an outsider, you look at it, and it's not welcoming. Yeah, I think, I guess a part of that is because most role-playing games are spun off from some other game or system in some way. It's almost yeah. like religion, right? Exactly. There's all this history and backstory, yeah. and then there's these these schisms at different points exactly. um, that create new versions yeah. of the same thing, which are similar but different in fundamental yet minute ways. Exactly. Oh, that and, form of Anglicanism. Yeah, and so if you're in it, you understand it completely. But yeah. if you're looking from the outside, it's really hard to get a foothold in into that world. Exactly. So it kind of just became a process of elimination. Right. So when, okay, let's pare it down by theme. You know, fantasy, sci-fi, contemporary. Like, it could be detective stuff, historical, one billion years in the future, erotic, generic systems. So, you know... Wait, wait, wait. There's erotic themes there in role-playing? There is erotic role-playing. I was... Uh, that I mean, I've heard of that, me. like, you know... In other books, but not role-playing books specifically. There are some systems, I think, ex- expressly all about having good times. Well, that's. I imagine most of those are, are live-action role-playing. I, I think they are. Yes. <laughs> and that's the other one, yeah. Do we do, uh, then in the mechanics, it's like it dice, cards, other randomizing systems, tabletop, live-action RPGs. So there was a lot of filters to go mm-hmm. through, but kind of easy, because you kind of go, okay... You know, yeah, not doing that with my family. Yeah, erotic was out no, early. That, eh? that was uh, easy, and probably live action role playing because the idea of taking all of your children no. to the park and in costume and running around. We've watched people do that at the park, and yeah. with you know amusement and curiosity. And I'm kind of impressed that people do it. The commitment's impressive. It's impressive, yeah. and yeah. I think no, yeah. I, I don't have that because I have a, I have a friend who is he's a really cool guy, um, like legitimately. But on his vacation, he dresses up as a Roman soldier and fights in battles, in these, these giant battles, which right. is a, a form of live-action role-play. Sure. Although he would consider it more a form of fighting. Right. With padded swords. Someone else would call it historical recreation. It's, yeah, absolutely. It's an interesting yeah. gray area for... Like, yeah, but he, I mean, the, covers all the, the bases, fun though. they have. And the more yeah. you commit to your character, the more right. fun you have at these things because... Uh, it's it's more involving, I well, guess. You know, you're really building a f- kind of a family and community when you, mm-hmm. I guess, get into that at mm-hmm. that level where it really is that engaged. Yeah. So yeah, I respect that. Yeah. Not for me. Nope. Totally get it. But I, I also don't want to get hit by sticks. Yeah. No. So. No. No. Yeah. Watching the guys at the park beating each other senseless with padded poles. I was yeah. like, eh, no. <laughs> Let's find a different hobby. Yeah. I don't want my kids getting in trouble at school for. And you know, your kids would hit you hard. <laughs> <laughs> or other kids at school. Yes. Oh. Um, so I, what I kind of tried to do with this, I, I did a quick run through again, giving myself a, a history of RPGs in a way. Mm-hmm. I go looking at some of the main systems. So I'm just gonna go do a run through. Yep. Um, I guess the the granddaddy is really D and D in terms yep. of what we think of as modern RPGs. Um, 
1974, so good year, my birth year. TSR puts out uh, that book by Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson, so that changes everything for a lot of people. Yes. Um, it's explicitly fantasy, as mm -hmm. opposed to being about wargaming. It's a D20 system. And by its 30th anniversary in 94, uh, the BBC noted that there was an estimated 20 million people worldwide that have played D&D since it was created with more than $1 billion spent on game equipment and books. And you got to keep in mind, that's 11 years ago now. Yeah. Or no, no, sorry. How many years ago? 1994. That's, wow, 20 years. <laughs> that was 20 years ago. Yeah, 21 years ago. That's crazy. Just yeah. like yesterday. I do like, it does show the uh, the amount people spend when you get into role-playing, though. Like, people think of role-playing as a inexpensive. No. It's not. Like, 20 million, 1 billion. When you're like, oh, well, there's, yeah, there's the core of books and stuff, and then there's 100 other books. Yeah. And the Is that $500 a person? Am I doing my math right on that? I, I don't even know. I can't do that math. 20. This will grind to a halt five. if I even attempt it. <laughs> I had too many zeros. What do you got? Uh... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, five hundred a person. It's a lot of a lot of money. Yeah, I could be. You know, if we're wrong, feel free to tweet us. <laughs> Tell us our math is terrible. And this week in the accounting podcast, Jeff's going to do sums. <laughs> it's not. Hey, man, this is long division. Yeah, hit us at oh. uh, at, yeah. at Epic Gumdrop yeah. and let us know that our math skills are terrible. Yeah. Well, I'm not even going to claim that I have math skills. I like that you just you just no, advocated the question out. entirely. You're like, you looked opt at that out. and said, that's a lot of zeros. I'm done. Yeah. Hey, man, I've just investigated uh, role-playing. I yeah. have no mental space left no, for anything I else. I just saw big numbers. Yes. Oh. But anyway, so that is a runaway success uh, for a lot of years. And then the next big one, I mean, again, I'm going to be missing tons of ones, but these are the ones that kind of... It's only, it's only $50 per person. Jumped out of the... <laughs> Sorry. Oh. While you're talking, so, I did the actual math. And, and on our next episode, we'll come up with another number. <laughs> oh my God, it's five thousand oh. dollars a person, James. <laughs> oh, good oh, times. Right. Okay, so uh, yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> that was that was breaking news that I had to get out there. Oh. Thanks for that. That was good. All right. So, so D and D. Yes. <laughs> a lot of you people were saying. A lot of people spending a lot of money. Um. <clears throat> So about six years later, 1980, you got Chaosium puts out the uh, basic role-playing system, uh, Greg Stafford and Lynn Willis, and it's a more of a generic system. Right. So, and that, the big difference there was the D100 instead of the D20. Mm -hmm. um, same core set of attributes, but the D100 makes it more like a simulation. So the big one that people might know from that is the Call of the Cthulhu. Right. So that I, I went, okay, that's interesting. Neat idea. Great. And then, uh, oh, you know, a few years later, you've got the hero system. Mm -hmm. Steve Long puts out, or Stephen S. Long put, uh, used that. And uh, it was used prior to 89. I guess he just published it or formalized it then. But it was used right. for the Champions RPG. Um, but it tends to be superhero-oriented. You don't say the, the superhero system. Well, it could have been a boxing system, Champions. I suppose. It could be anything. Hero system. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's listed as a universal system. Uh, it's a D6 system, though. So that's the difference there. So right. it's interesting through this, you can see everybody's trying to tweak that. You know, how are we going to work through, okay, awesome, we've got this idea of how to deal with individual people doing individual things, mm -hmm. but how are we going to let them do it? Yeah. Uh, so it goes with the D6 system. Players use points from a pool to define their character abilities uh, and all that. 
and it's still used for champions. I thought, okay, that's kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, around that time period in 86, uh, Steve Jackson uh, puts out GURPS, the generic universal role-playing system, which, again, I thought, okay, that's pretty cool. Generic theme, point system similar to the hero system. Uh, seems highly flexible. Um, lots of publications, but maybe a little overwhelming for a novice. Right. Seemed a bit, uh, the more it's I looked like into a, like it. A, like a tier two system. My brain kind of melted. Yeah. The more I, I, as I kind of went over the overview of these, and then I dug deeper in, I was like, ah, and I ran out. It was a cave that was filled with many horrible things. And I just went, no. You just wanted the treasure. It was, no. yeah, no, I understand. And I'm, I'm not a huge Munchkin fan either. So, you know, nothing against Steve Jackson, but I thought, nah, I don't know if I'm going to go down the GURPS path or right. not. And then there's the open games license, open game license, the OGL. Right. Now, I probably, again, missed some stuff in between there. Yeah, but, of course, yeah. Uh, you know, there's a bit of time uh, that, that jumps up. But in 2000, uh, Wizards of the Coast... Uh, basically, it licenses the system's reference document, the SRD, which is the reference role-playing game mechanics used on D&D. And this means the basic rules and mechanics of the D20 system from D&D versions 3 through 3.5 were open for use. Right. So after I parsed that... Yeah, I've heard people refer to this as yeah. like the open D20 yeah. and, and such. Exactly. Yeah, there's a... It's interesting. Like, mm -hmm. the more I, I, I sat and tried to read through these documents... <laughs> Legal documents. And I don't mind that stuff, but it was... Yeah, it's... I, I was like, oh, this sounds like a nightmare to deal mm -hmm. with. Like, from a designer point of view... Right. You'd have to have... This isn't for the faint of heart. Yes. Um, e, yeah, I don't know. It's like Wizards of the Coast, basically, they were like, we're not making money on expansion books. So they licensed, like, they, you know, they, it wasn't worth it for them. They had the core system, that sold. Right. The expansion books. So that idea that, you know, people are spending, uh, four was it $500,000 a piece? <laughs> it was $50,000 each, I think. Okay. Yeah. But it wasn't on core books, or, sorry, expansion books. It was on the core books. Right. Uh, so they kind of thought, you know what? We want someone else to publish this stuff for mm -hmm. us. So we don't have to just have all this inventory. No and... risk, but they will still move the core books. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that makes a good business sense. Yeah. Uh, and it would reduce competition to the core system because, uh, you know, because of all of these systems that keep getting put out. And mm -hmm. again, there was, a, you know, a hundred yeah. plus more. <laughs> so there's a lot of people chiseling away at the kind of the basic system and right. they didn't like that. Um, and it would kind of ease the pressure on Wizards. So, you know, Wizards works with all of this stuff. But then in 2008, they put a fourth edition D&D. And they introduced the Game Systems License, the GSL. Right. Which many felt were was a lot more restrictive. Um, and I'm not going to get into all of that. But basically, uh, Paizo, uh, the publisher, stuck with D&D 3.5. Right. And went with a less restrictive license. I mean, I think some of the things, it was like the, uh, just the way the open licensing stuff is done is like, mm -hmm. there's this carry forward, like whatever you're creating is then going to be able to be utilized. Right. And then there's not a, like D&D &D isn't working within its own system. Like mm -hmm. it's not, it's very weird. I, I don't know. I can see that there's a lot of, this probably uh, created a lot of fissures in the, the role-playing game community. Right. Just people not 
Yeah, it's weird. It gave an ooky vibe yeah, to people. A lot of political stuff. It seemed I'm sure. more like uh like the uh the terms of service on like Instagram. Yeah, exactly. Where it's like uh, hey, upload all your photos and then it's tiny printed, and then we will own them all and be able to license them to advertisers yeah. without without your consent or knowledge. Oh, it's yeah. It's yeah, it's I think it's one of even if you like when you read through the documents, you you don't get any ill intent. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of it you could interpret as ill intent, right. but then when you really think of the logic of why they had yep. to put that in, you're like, yeah, fair enough. I yeah. get it. It's weird, but okay. Right. Uh, but in that sense, I could see that a lot of people wouldn't even want to go near it. Yeah. Just Well, especially when there's the, the, the earlier license is more open yeah. and easier. Exactly. Than, and you're already using it. Totally. Then why why make the shift? Exactly. Yeah. So they uh, may have so wizards may have, have overthought that uh transition. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean I it was interesting because at the time when the decision was made, one of the comments that was made was that D&D uh, wasn't a big... When you look at all, all told what Wizards makes as a company, mm-hmm. I, I don't think D&D is a lot of their revenue stream. Right. So I don't think they really cared too much. Other than the licensing side. Uh, right. Because th- they're doing more and more licensing. I think their money is in stuff like magic. Oh, yeah. No, their money... So yeah, they make the money in magic. Yeah, I think, yeah. like, all told, I think uh, when they sold to Hasbro, Hasbro didn't really care mm-hmm. what they did with this stuff because D&D, I think the comment was it's barely a line item on, a, on the spreadsheet. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, it's a lot of money, but it's not that much money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I can see that. So they let them stick with that, which, again, is probably good for gaming. I, I, yeah. I just don't know. Yeah. But was... at any rate, I, it hurt my head. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm either smarter or dumber because of this process. I don't know which... You couldn't get dumber. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> so now there's there's just too many systems. So any I, I so at of, this point you've done the research. Uh, yeah, did it help you in any way, shape, or form? It kind of did. Yeah, I think I felt a little bit more like I had a a vague comprehension right. of what the whole where I should attempt to dip in right. because okay. you don't want to just jump into a dead system mm-hmm. or a system that's too complex. Right. I so wanted, maybe you, you learned the questions you needed to ask. That's more what it yeah. was. Yeah. So I kind of went like, do I want to do, yeah, tabletop RPG or live action? That answered tabletop. Yeah. You know, dice or cards. I was indifferent. I was, dice gives me a lot of options. Yep. I'll go dice. And I dice are fun. I don't, you know, and I'm not a big dice guy, but I thought I need to learn yes. more about dice. So there's so many dice games now. I, it's true. I need to embrace dice. Yep. Uh, theme. And I thought, well... Initially, I thought I had a preference on theme, and after I went through this process, I went, no, I think I'm actually indifferent to theme. Right. Because Theme's less important than system yeah, in, in a role-playing game, really. If I really commit to a theme, I'm going to end mm-hmm. up in a system I might not, you know? Yeah. And you can tell any story within a theme, kind really, of. if you yeah. wanted to, right? Exactly. Um, ease of use. And then I thought, okay, I'm going to go with a big publisher who aims their products at newcomers. If I'm going to be doing this with kids... yes. You know, I'm looking at a family-friendly product. I need to have a system where I'm going to open this thing up. I'm going to be able to comprehend the core rule set mm-hmm. and introduce it to them in a way that they're going to get it. Yes. Um, so rather than looking at specific brands or streams of books, you know, I just thought, okay, should I basically go back to D&D? And then I guess that was fifth edition I'd be looking at now. Or do I just go with Pathfinder? So... I read a bunch of reviews and, you know, again, I played the Pathfinder card game with you. Yep. I, I thought I liked that. I thought they did a good job on that. So yeah. I thought as a company, they seem like they have their stuff together. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you look at a review of the, the Pathfinder box, the beginner box, it's cardboard characters and yeah. it's 
pre-made sheets and it is so well done. They give you a lot in that box and not a lot. They give you everything you need. It's astounding. Yeah. And so we, I picked that up and mm-hmm. it arrived yesterday. So yeah. it, we are going to do the Pathfinder beginner box RPG with the, uh, we already ran through the introduction yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, my son built a character. Yep. My daughter wants to build an elf wizard named Philip. We'll see how that like goes. Like you do. I yeah. think Philip's going to have a, a good long run. I, I don't know. We'll see. Or die quickly. She likes rolling dice, so. She does. <laughs> I don't know. She may just, uh, she may or may not stick with it. But mm-hmm. my son, I woke up this morning and he was rolling dice and running through the scenarios already before I got up. So he's so entranced immediately by this process. Um, he's like a thousand percent in, which I'm confident he, is a percent percentage giving I, our. I think so. Matt <laughs> skill. <laughs> So, yeah, I think uh, definitely a lot of credit to, to Paizo for mm-hmm. just sticking to something and doing a really good job at it. Because yeah. I think they've done an exceedingly good job. Well, but... I think also just, just recognizing a need in the market. Mm-hmm. You know, like, why is everybody publishing role-playing games for people that play role-playing games? You know, that that market is saturated. Those people are getting older. Except, well, and it's covered. You know, they already they'll buy games. You don't have to market to them. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to buy a game. Exactly. But if you can get... You know the the ten year olds in hooked into the game and the twelve year olds hooked into the game. Yeah. You know then you've got a customer. Well, seeing the resurgence and in interest in gaming in general, it's mm-hmm. it's good that they they really sat down and thought this one out. Right. Like the the attention to detail is pretty remarkable for aiming something at beginners. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's nice because they don't just have something for beginners. As you mature with exactly. Pathfinder, they have every product for every step of your your life through role-playing exactly and i think that that's a smart makeup well, of this company. they include a transition guide in the box mm-hmm. to the yes. core rule book yeah so I, yeah that's brilliant yeah so yeah really really well done and really looking forward to playing it like i i'm already enjoying the process mm-hmm. so i'm i think of really i thought oh do i want to just go with the popular easy thing yeah, right. yeah, I do. Yes. <laughs> After looking at it all, I thought maybe one day I'll play GURPS. Sometimes or, or it's popular for a reason. System. <laughs> yeah. But, and I, I looked at your, the Riffs book you lent me. And yes. I, I'm like, thank it is a, I'm telling goodness. you. Like, because Riffs, and I love it. It has a special I'm place in my heart. I'm looking forward to reading it. But, but if you look up Riffs on the internet, it's mostly, you'll get comments like, great universe, terrible system. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. There's a lot of yeah. opinions about Riffs. And it's nice. It's a combination D6, D100, D20 <laughs> system all in one. You're rolling every kind of dice D-D-D. in Riffs. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So, that's, hopefully uh, well, this, I'm, this will be a gateway. I hope so, because that could be fun. I think so. Yeah. It's a good thing to introduce into our you know, the light fair gaming we do, but also now have something that's a little richer and a little mm. bit more involved and hopefully we'll be able to carry the process on. Yeah. So I look forward to reporting back with how the first little while goes. Yeah. Yeah. That should be fun. I think so. Uh, how about you guys? Are you thinking of ever attempting one? I, I think in the future I could see it. Hmm. Um, it and it probably will be riffs because that's, again, that's just where my heart lies. Right. Even though it's... So you hate your children that much. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I just, I just like the universe so much. So uh, it is a cool when that's when you explain the universe to me, I thought, Oh, this sounds like it's ridiculous. Really appealing. Yeah. But then it sounds kind of, it could be so broken. It's so broken. It is not a balanced game. By any stretch of the imagination. But I still want to play it. But I, exactly. I still want to play it. So once I get my head around this, I'll join your family too. All right. All right. We'll do a, 
we'll do a, we'll set aside four hours to make our characters one day. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cause it's not, I, I think we could also try that kids D and D module thing. They put yeah, out. Yeah. That looks fun too. Is a way little, a little print and play. Mm-hmm. That, That's uh, the second one they've done too. They had a, they had an earlier kids okay. one. Yeah. Now it's good that people are now appreciating that these yeah. are great for kids. We should, we'll, we should put a link to that up on the website too. Yes. Yes. Cause it's a, it's a good one if you have kids and you're looking to introduce them. Something light, it, easy. It's a way to only spend, uh, you know, An ink hour. from your printer to <laughs> exactly. to get to get what you need and to do. Very it. little time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I will report back. I look forward to hearing it. All right, let's go play some games. <laughs>